coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. It's a down day on the market. Your My Nintendo Gold Coins are worth even less than you thought. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including an update on my Nintendo and also the Kirby Star Allies demo. Then come back on Thursday, and we are finally going to be ranking the dungeons from The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. So come back for that. Mark, are you excited about that? Finally. Finally, at long last. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't... It, we so seldom set goals on this show, <laughs> and the fact that we laid this one out like a month in advance, and then put it off a week, and then now it's here, like Christmas. Yes, it feels like Christmas, Mark. I think you nailed it. Uh, the weather's boring. The weather's boring, which is what what I'm stumbling over here. Um, it's cold. Mm-hmm. It was raining over the weekend. Uh huh. Uh, I apologize. Our guest weather today is from Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis seems like they're doing about what we're doing. Yeah. Like kind of like in the 60s, maybe. Memphis is the L.A. of Tennessee. So congratulations, Memphis. Yeah, congratulations. Not You do get big ups, but most of all, you get congratulations because we're insufferable L.A. people. That's right. You have finally risen to the level of insufferable L.A. people. You're as good as us now. Congratulations. Congratulations. Also, congratulations to everyone who is borrowing my copy of Sonic Forces as it jet sets around the globe, or at least up into uh, Canada, which is where it currently it's like is. like Lucky Lindy. <laughs> that's right it's a globe it's a globe trotting little game there um if you would like to get on the list and eventually borrow my copy of sonic forces and i do say eventually because there is a little bit of a, a list here now um but that's a selling point because oh, one yeah. you don't know when it's going to show up to you oh yeah it's like a, it's a present you give future you right yeah because you all you have to do is send an email with your address to nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com gmail. and then Probably about a month to two months later, you'll get my copy of Sonic Forces in your mailbox. It's like finding $20 in your pocket. If you had put the $20 there knowing that you'd forget about it and then eventually stumble upon it. It's like finding $20 in your pocket when all you had to do was email someone else about that $20 months previous. I'm just saying it's a, it's a good deal. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. We have, of course, both been playing The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on our 3DSs. Ooh, what a good game. What a good game. We shall talk no further about it now because all I want all I want to do, Mark, we've got a bunch of other things to do on this show. <laughs> wait, wait. Why are we not talking about it now? Because we're, we're, we're going to be talking about the game. We're going to be talking about the dungeons. Sh- okay. We're, we're not going right. to be talking about the gameplay experience. All right. Let's talk about the gameplay experience. It's great. That's all I have to say. Uh, I agree. Mark, you've been playing the uh, Kirby Star Allies demo? Yeah, that's right. It finally came out in North America. Um, I like Kirby. I, have not, I didn't like the Epic Yarn game, but that's because I don't really... You don't like good feel. I don't like good feel. But uh, I downloaded this. I was really excited. Uh, one, it looks beautiful. Yeah. There's so much personality in the animations. Um, I played it in handheld mode and loved it. There's been some, uh, I don't know. People are a little bit, some people are a little bit upset because it runs at 30 frames per second instead of like 60 frames per second. But I mean, come on. We're not, this is an Overwatch, right? Like. I, why do you why do you need that I guess sort of it hurts their eyes i guess i don't come on i'm some people are very sensitive to it i feel very lucky that i am not sensitive to it mm-hmm. um yeah i think it looks amazing uh 
it's a demo. So what are you going to say other than, oh my gosh, is it easy? And even for a Kirby game, it because it basically plays itself if oh. you have companions, right? So like part of the thing is when an enemy with an ability comes up, you can friend them. Basically, you like throw a, a star or a heart, a, probably a heart. You throw a heart. I can't remember. It's either a star a heart or a heart. A heart sense, makes right? more sense. You th- you You're like capturing his heart. Yes. So you generate right. a heart, and then you like throw by pushing a button, and then you throw it at him, and that turns that enemy into like an ally with that, those powers, and you can have up to three of them with you at a time. Yeah. When you're doing that, they will. They are very aggressive. Oh, they really? They are very aggressively playing this game. So you can, uh, like, in the first one, the first level, there's two levels. One that's marked as easy and one that's marked as, like, more challenging. And neither of them are challenging. Uh, They're both challenging easy, in the right? Slightest. Yeah. <laughs> and so you get to the end boss, and it's, like, that big tree thing that drops Because, apples. of course, it is, right? Of course it is. And you could do nothing and the and your uh, AI companions will just like destroy that tree for you. So this is how I feel about most Kirby games. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay. I mean, Kirby games aren't hard. Right. They just aren't. They're just like a, a thing that you sort of experience. There's platforming in them, but like you can fly. Um, I don't know. The for me, Kirby is always or Kirby is at its best. I really liked Epic Yarn um, because it is easy. Um, but there are so many different things to find in every level. Uh, like the, the whole game was built on finding these gems that are, you know, like the coins in a level where they're just like everywhere. Right. And then spending those gems to like upgrade your house or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I'm pretty sure I bought a lot of furniture from some little yarn Kirby dude. I just, if, if. I can find stuff. If, I, if the getting through the game is easy, but finding all the stuff is difficult, then I can get I can get down with it. So, yeah, I don't. Based on this demo, I don't know that there's going to be much there right. for you. Uh, but again, it's just two levels from the early game, right. and again, it's a Kirby game, so it's so cute, right? Like you know, like uh, when you get the rock ability, you. Anytime you change into a rock, it's like a different like statue, and there a lot of them are like funny and cute. Yeah, you make you form like a friendship circle where, and it turns into like a big, you know, just like wheel that you can that you roll down a hill and like destroy things as you're doing it. Where I think this game would actually be a lot of fun is playing with a friend or two. I sure. think playing by yourself is not the way to do it. Or I guess if you do, just don't generate. AI companions. Should you like give yourself a challenge? Get more of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, I, I think this it would probably be a fun game to play with a friend while drinking heavily. Yeah, I actually think that will probably be ideal. Uh do you get in each other's ways? Like if if I guess maybe. No, you don't it's know not what... like Mario. Okay. It doesn't seem to be like Mario you where just like pass you right can like, each other. Yeah, I mean you can kind of like bunch up, but there's no real consequence to it. Like I guess maybe you might fall off you know the edge at sure, some point it, it's, into it's like not a pit, like but it's there's momentum from like knocking into each other no there doesn't like seem to be well it's a pleasant game i don't know what to say sure. i was kind of excited for this and i i think this brought me back down to earth a little bit in the sense that it's like oh right it's a kirby game don't forget it's a kirby game mm-hmm. so uh i've been playing fear effect sedna this last weekend it's a game that comes out tomorrow we were sent a code um, by the developers, uh, totally unsolicited, a, a cool experience. That oh, that's awesome! The the first time I've ever uh, had had that happen. Um, so it's a it's a Square Enix game. Um, I I'd never played any of the Fear Effect games. Are you familiar with them? At no, all? not at all. Um, so I th- believe this is a departure for the series in that it's a like top down, like isometric view sort of um stealth. Basically, basically like a stealth game. I get lots of vibes of like the actual gameplay of the first couple Metal Gear Solid games um, with a little bit of like the same sort of storytelling uh, panache. Um, it it uh, revolves around uh, a couple, Hannah and Rain, and they are like spies or something. It drops you into their world, assuming that you know everything about Fear Effect. I do not know anything about Fear Effect. Um, 
but it's neat. You uh, take turn, you, like you swap off control of uh, the multiple characters you're playing in these like espionage scenarios, and um, you can win if you get into a firefight. Like it's not like an absolute game over if you get dragged out into actually fighting, but like stealth is always going to be the the better way to go about uh, these things. Um, and as your characters are hurt or upset by something, they have a fear gauge or like their heart rate starts to rise and that makes them a fear effect. Uh, yes, they had, they are affected by this fear. And so, you know, the damage that they deal goes up because they're like high on adrenaline, but their ability to perform their like skill tasks uh, goes down. Oh, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's neat. like, that's a cool idea. It's, it's a cool idea. And like the, the game is, is very interesting. And I'm in, I've enjoyed what I've played so far. Um, levels will frequently have these like little uh, like puzzles or like little puzzle event kind of things that you have to do as part of the mission. So like the, the first one, there's uh, you're diffusing a bomb and, you know, the, the wires that you pull for diffusing this bomb, like there are clues about it throughout the level. So, you know, and it tells you that it was like, oh, there were clues. And so for the, you know, Kind of obnoxiously, I had to backtrack to see all of like the signs and be like, oh, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one, and then pull them out and defuse the bomb. But uh, in a like maybe the second or third mission, there's a puzzle where you are a spy, you're like a, a waiter, and you have to stand next to people who are having conversations, and like you, this little ear meter like gradually fills as you're standing near them, and when it gets to the top. It's either red or green, and if it's red, you just learned you know garbage information. If it's green, <laughs> it's information you can use. Um, but to decrease like your suspicion level, you have to keep serving drinks. So like if there are too many people who need drinks that haven't been served, they like notice you and like drag you out back and shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> so like it, I don't know. It's fun and dumb, but like you got to keep running back to the bar and like grabbing drinks and like serving them around to people and. Picking up more information. So I'm trying to, in my mind, I'm trying to, when you said Metal Gear Solid, it made me think that that's kind of aesthetically what it looks like, but is that not the case? No. So it's got, it has, I mean, it's not totally unlike Metal Gear Solid in its visual presentation, except that the characters are more anime, um, like grown-up anime, not like a teenage kind of anime. Uh, so like there's actually some pretty nice cell shading in this and the, the characters all look, you know, convincingly like, uh, like adult cell shaded anime characters. So it's, but it's a 3d, like, but it's a 3d 3D game. Yeah. Yeah, And there, there are cutscenes between missions and, uh, uh, Hannah and rain, like have this swanky apartment in like Tokyo, I want to say. Uh, and it's cool to see a lesbian relationship like at the center of this game that I didn't I didn't know that there was one in the Fear Effect universe. Is this normal for Fear Effect? I don't know. Um, but so I I don't I may be a little bit of a Fear Effect fan now. It's it honestly sounds really fun. Uh, so the the game is out. I I said tomorrow, but because we record on Monday, so it's out today. Um, I have no idea what this thing costs. Uh, but if it's you know like fifteen or twenty bucks, like it's totally worth checking out. Um, and I'm en- enjoying it thus far. All right, that's what we've been playing this last week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So today, March 6th, of course, Fear Effect Sedna comes out. There you go. Uh, and also Scribblenauts Showdown. Hey, Scribblenauts Showdown. We were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just, I, I think I might want to get that. Um, I, I don't, now I don't know which one I'm going to get. Oh, between Fear Effect? You can play a little Fear Effect after we finish up here today. See, see if you like it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Right. And then on March 8th, uh, a bunch of Switch eShop releases, including Bleed 2, iZombie, Midnight Deluxe, Bit Dungeon Plus, Earthlock, The Trail, Frontier Challenge. And the Neo Geo game is Real Bout Fatal Theory. And I then... I don't have anything to say about that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't have anything to say about that. And then else. on Friday, on the Switch eShop, a uh, couple of games, including Turtle Pop, Journey to Freedom, Flint Hook, 
spy chameleon and one-eyed what what's your stab at pronouncing that uh oh boy cut yeah when i cut k-u-t-k-h is that one of those uh like lovecraft <coughs> lovecraftian monsters mm, it it has the distinct spelling right of an of unpronounceable a- elder god yes so maybe it's that <laughs> maybe it's that um any of this do anything for you mark uh no yeah me neither we do we're just you know we're sitting in sort of the uh if i say fallow period is that is that what i mean yes i think i think it is what you mean fallow a period where it's not growing mm-hmm. it's not yeah um there's a lot of stuff but like i mean what do we want we got fear effect and scribble knots yeah we're, we don't want to be greedy no let's not be we're greedy. not memphis Ugh. no memphis big ups Big ups and to you, congratulations. Man. <laughs> and congratulations. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we're going to be talking about arm wrestling. You have brothers. Yeah. Did you do a lot of arm wrestling growing up? So we would do arm wrestling tournaments as like a family activity. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you organize an arm wrestling tournament? Fairly how, easily. How long, how long does like a does a tournament last? Not like, very long. Like five minutes, maybe like five minutes. <laughs> okay. The perfect length for a family activity. That's. We're like we all love each other. We love each other. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Good. Break. Now, let's all go back to our corners. <laughs> um. What is the appeal of arm wrestling? Machismo. Mm, mm, mm. You, of course, being one of the more <laughs> macho dudes I know. Oh, do you mean the appeal for me personally? Uh, yeah, well, I did. Well, I'm I, oh, trying like, to get at your experience with arm wrestling. Oh, I, I, I hate it. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's fun at all. But so you, you, it's a, it's a hmm. physical show of strength. Why would I want to be anywhere near that? I, I don't know. I mean, if, if I mean, it was part of your childhood and something that you did, yeah, to bond with your family, uh-huh. maybe. Maybe I mean, let's pay, let's paint a picture it. for our listeners who, um, you know, have never seen us. Uh, you and I, of course, are both large men. We yes, we are we are large. We men. We ripple with muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're both about seven and a half feet tall. Uh, we have long blonde curly hair. <laughs> we are three hundred and fifty pounds mm-hmm. of pure muscle. That's right. Each or. We're each like 180. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's mostly beer belly. <laughs> uh, so, no, arm wrestling, are, like, arm wrestling is not something that I like actively seek out. Yeah. Do, um, what's the name of that arm wrestling movie? Over the Top. Over the Top. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a trucker. And by him, I, of course, mean Celestia Stallone. Of course. Of course, that's who him is. Um, and he gets into an arm wrestling contest to, like, impress his son so i think his son is like troubled mm. maybe he gets kicked out of military school and uh sylvester stallone is a trucker and his son wants to or is forced to that part i'm hazy on like travel with him in the truck and i don't think the i don't think sylvester stallone is like actively pursuing arm wrestling tournaments i think he just arms wrestles in bars and things like that sure it's just something that, that happens that you, right because it happens so frequently right Here, so here's a real question we're just hanging out the wrong bars what, when's the last time you arm wrestled anyone uh, i couldn't tell you a really long time yeah right? what do you think you would do if you were hanging out in a bar with like a group of people that you sort of know right Let's say, like, people from a class Mm -hmm. or, like, friends of a friend or whatever. And someone, you know, at that level of familiarity was like, hey, Mitchell, let's arm wrestle. I think I would just laugh in their face. And then he, and then he like, clears the space on the table and, like, puts his arm down. Is he being, like, aggressive about it? Or she. Or she. Are they being aggressive about it? (laughs) Sure. She's, she's like, come on. Not, not like, not threatening your manhood explicitly but like kind of 
goading you into arm wrestling. But here's the thing: is like I don't care. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, that's actually the part of back to one of the parts of Back to the Future that always drives me crazy. Oh yeah, just be called chicken and walk away. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Who cares, man? You dummy! You're about to win. Why? Why are you drawn back into conflict? Yeah, like in the first movie, fine. The second movie, ugh. Okay, and then the third movie, it's not even chicken. It's Yella. He's got, there's no established pattern that he cannot be called yellow. Where do you think yellow, be- yellow bellied comes from? Mm. Uh, is it uh, people who would like hit the dirt in a shootout? Oh, like dive to the ground. That and makes their, a lot their bellies of, would be yellow. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but I like that. I just made it up. Yeah. Like that, like that sounds good to me, <laughs> oh. but we'll of course never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by pianist Armin Fuchs. Uh, Mark, let's get into the news. Hey, a couple of days ago was the Switch's one year birthday or anniversary, who knows. Uh how did you celebrate? I f- I kind of forgot. I spent most of the day playing my 3DS. <laughs> so <laughs> Happy birthday, Switch. Um but one of the things that happened when we hit that one year mark is uh players are finding their play clocks for individual games are resetting to zero. Let's talk about this. Uh before we move on to the how is it being addressed mm-hmm. or it is being addressed, which I guess is the end of the story. Um uh what what? Like what is this? <laughs> What's happening? Why why would it no why would it no longer there's obviously just like something in there where it looks back over the course of the last year and says over the last year, you've played The Legend of Zelda for 120 hours. Well, like, why would that ever be part of the math that, like, over the last year? I mean, I think it's just a software bug. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, but that, that's a, it seems like a weird bug. Yeah. But it also, I guess, speaks to the same thing of, like, um, why does it present the information the way it presents it anyway? Um, it doesn't say, you know, you played The Legend of Zelda for 121 hours and 56 minutes. It says you've played it for about six hours. You know what I mean? Well, and it also changed the way that it did it because originally, uh, until you played like five hours or more, right? It didn't show. It just said like played for a little bit, right? Or like first played, right? A so it's like when ago. you first turn it on, if you just turn it on and play like once, then it'll just say first played on this date, right? And then after you play for about two hours, it would change to played for a little bit or something like that. Right. And then after you played five or more hours, it would say played for five or more hours. And it kind of goes up seemingly at like five hour increments. A couple of software updates ago, it changed. So it still says first played and played for a little bit. But then at like two hours, it starts counting the hours that you've played. I wish it would just tell you how many hours you'd played a game. Like, why is it being withholding with this information? <laughs> I don't know. There, there must be some reason... That they are choosing to be vague about it. Yeah, I don't know. I and I, I can't imagine what that is. I, I don't really under I don't really know either. But I mean, really, as far as like Nintendo's software or online systems or whatever functionality goes, the like It's a low level complaint. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's baffling. It's demonstrative of this like, uh, we just do it this way. Right. <laughs> like well, there's, there's definitely a better way, but we just do it this way. Or like there's a or one of those like cagey like no we do it this way for a reason, and then the follow up question is what reason is that, and the answer is always uh, we're not going to tell you. Yeah, exactly. It's more fun. Uh, anyways, Nintendo has acknowledged the problem, assuring players that the data is still there; it hasn't been erased, uh, and that they'll be fixing this bug in an upcoming update. Well, so there you go. Uh. S- also, starting yesterday, March 5th, my Nintendo Gold Points can be used to receive discounts when purchasing Nintendo Switch games from the eShop. Yay! Did we talk about this when this was announced? I don't think we did. Uh, yeah, we might not have. So, basically, you have been gathering. If you buy, first of all, if you have a My Nintendo account. All right. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Back up one more. If you like Nintendo things, <laughs> yes. you sign up for a My Nintendo account. And then when you you link that My Nintendo account with your 
Switch. Mm-hmm. Like you sign in with that same My Nintendo account. And previously, you were only, you were earning gold coins, one gold coin for every dollar you spent on the eShop, or for every dollar. I guess maybe you just like how did they do that for physical? Just like whatever the MSRP was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you would earn one gold point for each dollar spent, basically, approximately. Yeah. Uh, but you could not redeem these my Nintendo gold coins for anything on the Switch. And these gold coins go bad after a year. Yeah, they expire after a year. So, Nintendo very recently introduced this update to the way that gold coins are earned and work. So, you can now redeem gold coins for anything on the eShop, on the Switch eShop. Uh, and it's one gold coin equals one cent discount. So almost nothing. So 500 gold coins right. is $5 off. Almost nothing. So, yeah, but I mean, the other thing is that you, if anything you buy on the eShop, you get 5% back. Sure. So, like, if it was a credit card, 5% cash back yeah, okay, is very good. That's right. Uh, here's the thing, though. If you buy physical games and then redeem the points, you only get uh, 1% back. Which is not great. Which is, is way worse right. than it was before as well. Right. Um, so, if you buy a lot of digital games, like myself... Going forward, it's like I'm getting 5% cash back on everything I buy at the eShop. That's not bad. Right. Whereas I, when I've been buying physically, I get, I get just 1% back. That's right. But I also spend less on the games because I'm buying them physically and yes. get a 20% discount at either Best Buy or Amazon for those early whatever. Exactly. Uh, the other thing is that any gold points you own earned previously to this just devalued significantly but because before uh you were earning one dollar for you were earning one gold coin for every dollar you spent right so i i think i've earned like 780 something gold coins now you get a gold coin for like every penny you spend and so if you spend $30 in the eShop, you get 300 gold coins. So that means it, I would just need to spend $90 and already earn more gold coins than I've earned in the entire year that the Switch has been out. Mark, this math has lost me. <laughs> I've done like the worst job of explaining this. <laughs> like I really have. I can't imagine that anybody's like, oh yes, I'm following this very closely. Well, it's What strange a wonderful job. Because you are standing in front of me in like your graduation gown and like... <laughs> With that hat, and you're standing in front of a, a chalkboard, and you're explaining this all to me, but like it's just going right over my head. Yeah. So basically, what it comes down to is mm-hmm. that moving forward, if you buy things digitally, you get five percent back. That's a pretty good deal. Um, any gold coins that you earned before, you know, like I am getting seven bucks, or basically like eight dollars off the next thing I buy on the eShop, which is not bad. It's all like basically a free indie game have you purchased mighty gunvolt no yeah see i'm probably you gonna could do, do that. it for free mark not for free i'll have to like well, okay, spend right, like three sure, bucks sure uh or fear effect said no m- maybe like 12 bucks <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know how much it costs or like 18 or something <laughs> right um so i i think people are like upset about this but if you think about it like a cashback credit card it's i don't know uh it's no club nintendo which was pretty awesome I guess I don't ever remember actually using my Club Nintendo points. You never like bought calendars or like Kirby plushes or no, not really. The only uh, like old school Nintendo memorabilia that I have are the Ocarina of Time action figures that I purchased out of Nintendo Power magazine back in the day, Um, and you know I just had to spend money on those. I'm bummed that they don't give gold coins for console purchases anymore either like, yeah that's a bummer. so the nes classic mm-hmm. you got gold coins for right the snes classic there was no little like slip in it right to, to redeem the code and i was coins. like wait a second and now it all makes sense right 
Uh, oh, one thing to note. In North America and Australia, physical purchase ha- purchases have to be registered one year from the game's release date. So, And then two years in Europe. So get on it. Don't leave money on the table. Yeah. Yes. I think I left money on the table for, <laughs> for Zelda. Uh, Iron Galaxy, the studio responsible for porting Skyrim over to Switch, has expressed interest in porting Monster Hunter World over to the platform. Capcom has claimed in the past that a Switch port would be very challenging, but Iron Galaxy CEO Adam Boyes believes his studio is up to the challenge. He tweeted, Dear Ad Monster Hunter team at Capcom, we understand that porting the game to Nintendo Switch is challenging, but this is exactly what uh, Iron Galaxy does. Give us a shot and we won't let you down, smiley face. End quote. I actually think uh, Adam Boyes used to work at Sony in some capacity. I think that's correct, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, uh, up until now, uh, Monster Hunter World is just on uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and the game has been selling incredibly well. Uh, It is, uh, as of this weekend, Capcom's highest-selling game ever, uh, which is a a crazy number. They've sold 7.5 million copies of this game. With the caveat that, like, that's not including... All the different versions of Street Fighter Two we right. added them up, or like the gold versions of Resident Evil Seven, which w- or five, right. which would still be the most. But Monster Hunter World still hasn't even been released on PC yet, so yes, it's definitely going to be their best selling game. It's also uh, it came out just a little over a month ago, January twenty sixth. Street Fighter Two came out, you know, thirty years ago. So <laughs> Resident Evil Five has always been out. That's right, and will never stop being re released. So. Um, yeah, I mean it. the The game is obviously in- incredibly successful for Capcom. Have you, are you tempted to pick it up on PS4? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Um, fair enough. Monster Hunter never feels like a thing that I really want to dig into. If I want to get into like obtuse fighting systems, I'm just gonna keep playing Street Fighter. Um, so yeah, it's. Are you tempted at all? Um, I like the idea of it. It's mm-hmm. one of those things, I guess, a little bit like Payday 2, where I would want a community of people that I know yeah. to play it with. And also, it's one of those things where I know that in order to be rewarding, you have to sink a lot of time into it. And that's not something I have. Right. Uh, March will see the third hundredth issue of Game Informer being released. That's 300th issue. What did I say? You said third hundredth. <laughs> which is true, I suppose. Language is always evolving. That's right. Uh, Get on board, and dorks. They're, and they're celebrating with some uh, actually really cool, like, large wraparound covers. I guess they're not large. They're regular size. Right, but it's the their front and back, which usually Game Informer covers are. But, um, yeah, one of the covers is a cool Zelda, or Zelda, it's a Metroid cover. And, you know, there's there's nothing to be gleaned from this except that it's a cool cover. And so, you know, look up Game, Inform- Game Informer 300 Metroid and you'll see some cool artwork. Why can't Zelda crawl? Why can't Zelda crawl? Data miners have picked through the most recent update to Super Mario Odyssey and discovered some new outfits and new hint art have been added to the game's files. So mm. version 1.2.0 of the game brought Luigi's Balloon World, but it also included... And some, I guess, minor potential spoilers if this turns out to be a thing. No one knows. Uh, a baseball uniform, a conductor's outfit, a Santa outfit, and a Satellaview helmet and suit, among some other costumes. Satellaview, huh? And then there were also 20 new thumbnail hint art. You know, like uh, how you can, t- it prompts you to take screenshots of yeah. like art you'll find on the wall, and it's for hidden um, moons somewhere yeah. in a different world. Uh, or Kingdom. Apparently, 20 more of those have been added to the game's files. So we had a listener question a few weeks ago about the potential for Mario Odyssey DLC, and at the time I said I didn't think it was going to happen just Mm -hmm. because there's already so much content in it, and that they didn't announce anything beforehand, which up to that point seemed to be the way that they were doing things. Right. Uh, But it seems like the evidence is mounting that something is coming down the line. Who knows if it'll be just like free content like Luigi's Balloon World is, but probably more likely it's going to be some sort of DLC. Uh, oh, you mean like DLC that we have to purchase? Or Yeah. 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 Um, I wonder if we will ever... Because for me, 
they can keep like putting new features into the game and it'll be stuff that brings me back to it you know every time i like this game i fundamentally like all of the kingdoms and you know a reason to run around any of them again is worth it for me um but i think where it like crosses the line over into like this is a big deal dlc um would be with the introduction of a new kingdom and i i don't think we're ever going to see that oh you don't think so nah i i think they'll they'll continue to be like you know here here are new ways to interact with the space that's already there um here are new outfits and you know here are new like internal goals that you can chase after for yourself um you know like there's there's uh a whole ranking up system in Luigi's Balloon World and it's super fun and I love doing it but like it's not it's a new way to interact with the pieces that are already there and I don't think they're going to put new pieces into the game. You know, I I feel like Nintendo isn't immune to this whole um movement in games where uh developers just continue to like fiddle with things and yeah, keep engaging players over time. Instead of just being like, and here's the game, and we're done with it, and then enjoy it for however long you're going to, and then you'll move on to the next thing. Um, and so I'm kind of surprised we never saw anything with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah. Like, that they've just kind of, that they've left that alone. I mean, it was a complete package, but uh, I don't know. It would It would not shock me if, like, Mario kind of has this... Or the Smash Brothers, the Smash Brothers that's coming down the line, has to be allegedly, <laughs> allegedly that uh, you know we don't we see more of this like Splatoon two slow yeah, like rollout of features, roll out. Yeah. you know, every couple of months to to get you reengaged with the game. Yeah, and I mean that. I wonder if this if that like way of development uh kind of gets in the way of or like shuts down. Things like, uh, you know, Super Mario Galaxy 2 or even Majora's Mask, these games that are, you know, fundamentally, they still had more ideas when they were done with these like core games. And they were like, you know what, there's probably enough for us to make another game here. Um, whereas, you know, and then both of those things ended up being kind of bigger or more special than, you know, just more of the same would really imply, especially in the case of Majora's Mask. If they could just, you know, add another dungeon or whatever or another town to uh ocarina of time would we ever have gotten um majora's mask i think that that's a good point but it's a balance isn't it like yeah absolutely uh super mario galaxy 2 i don't know that any of the content that's in that game would have been fundamentally harmed by just being like downloadable content for super mario galaxy like, in that instance, I don't know that we really gained anything by it being just, like, a completely new sequel, other than this uh, business model didn't exist at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would argue that there are, like, just structural differences in between Galaxy and Galaxy 2. Galaxy 2 has that, like, Mario 3-esque kind of overworld map instead of, like, traversing the Rosalina starship. Sure, but and I mean, like... maybe nitpicky. But like, but do you think that added like so much to the game that you would have missed it if it didn't exist? I think it is just a friendlier game to play because of it. That you don't have to be like, how do I get over to this? Oh, area? sure, you know, that's that, fair. Yeah, you know that you're just like left to right on a map, you know, on a timeline basically. And also like the uh, the end game of Galaxy Two, if like they would go back through and put three green stars in every world across both Galaxy games, I mean that would be great. Um, but like. I don't know. It just the the complete package of Galaxy Two is so big um, that like they never would have pumped out that much additional content for Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's like one of those things where yeah, eventually I do want a Splatoon Three, right? Like you do have to make that break and yeah. make that like generational or whatever leap, um, because unless you're going to do all of that work and then backloaded into Splatoon 2. Yeah. At some point we do want to see that. Right. I mean, I think I think we saw Splatoon 2 because you know, the original Splatoon stuck then we're way off track here. <laughs> but uh, you know, the original Splatoon, you know, stuck on the Wii and like they wanted to make enough changes to it to make it, you know, like no, it's not a port, it's a new game. And like it is, it does have so many uh new features 
but like it's in a lot of ways just more Splatoon. But it probably just needed that like modern foundation, yeah, with whatever new tools they're working with. I just wonder what when I mean now now that we are in a uh, space where Splatoon effectively launched the system, you know, not day and date, but like within a couple months. Um, what does the next Splatoon game look like, or is it just a platform forever? You know, is Splatoon 2, which is crazy, <laughs> that would be the platform is Splatoon 2. But whatever, it worked for Street Fighter. Um, if, if that is just what the game is forever. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how that balances. Because I don't want the, the Majora, Majora's masks of the world to go away. Right. I want them. I want yeah. them badly. Mark, I want them. The Wall Street Journal reported last week that Nintendo is planning on boosting Switch sales in the near future by focusing on peripherals that they aren't priori- prioritizing hardware revisions in the near term. So, of course, with like past portable devices, kind of the cadence we've expected, we've come to expect from Nintendo with their handhelds is like the first one comes out probably like 18 months later, an XL comes out, and then maybe a year from that. You know, there will be another hardware version that makes it sleeker and nicer to use and more ergonomic or a cheaper version or all that kind of stuff. Um, We saw that with the DS Lite, the DSi. I I mean, not at that same speed, but we saw that with the Game Boy, right? Like the original Game Boy was out for almost a decade, but then they put out smaller versions uh, when uh, uh, Pokemon came out. Yeah, and the Game Boy Advance to the Game Boy Advance SP. Mm-hmm. The 3DS has had so many. You had like the original 3DS, the 3DS XL, the 2DS, the, the new, new 3DS, the new 3DS XL. Right, that one goes backwards. The, yeah, the new <laughs> 2DS XL. <laughs> like, it's had so many. Um, and they've used that as a way to like keep interest in the system. Yeah. And it's, so according to the Wall Street Journal, they don't plan to do that right now for the Switch. They are just focusing on like Labo and some other things that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and I mean, it because Nintendo views this thing as their home console, that's not that surprising. Like, did we ever see hardware revisions on the Nintendo 64, for example? No, I don't think we did. And like, there, there were weird, like there was a, a, a Panasonic GameCube that could play DVDs. Um and like a a smaller version of the Wii that couldn't play GameCube games and had no Wi-Fi and had no Wi-Fi. Um, what? <laughs> um, but like and the the Wii U is basically the same as it's always been. Uh, so like there haven't been too many hardware revisions in the home console line. So you know I I'm sure we we will see hardware revisions at some point. Um, just not in any time soon yeah well to your point the article also mentions that nintendo has said in the past they hope to extend the switch's life cycle beyond the normal five to six years of a console's life and they said the wall street journal reports that holding off on hardware revisions for now could be part of that strategy oh that's interesting that makes sense uh and you know the uh the last console generation not counting the wii u because it's in this weird like in between stage that was that was like a seven year generation, right? Right. They just one of the longest to keep getting longer, and it doesn't seem like there's any reason for the PS4, Xbox One generation to really uh, end at this point. The PS4 is selling extremely well. They have the Pro. Mm-hmm. Xbox One has the X and S. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think there's so much like. Uh, money invested in individual platforms at like in generations at this point yeah that i don't know how much of an incentive there is for everybody to like move away from it yeah i mean it's it's always it's so weird right like when when we're in the middle of like a strong generation like everyone's like why would you ever want you know uh, please don't put out a playstation 5 now i'm just comfortable with what i have um but we will reach a point where we're like yeah yeah, I want that new thing. Yeah, I mean... Give me that new thing. Well, absolutely. But I, I mean, just from like a business standpoint, mm. you know, so much money has been funneled into this. Yeah. Like anytime you have a generational leap, the costs are just like astronomical for developers for, mm-hmm. you know, like it's all new tools, all new everything. Uh, and then the software suffers in the first year usually. Right. So I just feel like we're at a point right now where like, is there a reason for a PS5 in 2019? Probably not this soon. 
You know, yeah, and that'll only be what six years since the PS4 came out. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially with um, like PSVR not really catching on in a, in a huge way. It's not unsuccessful, but it's you know, it's not it's not enormous. Like VR is a space where I could see them saying like, oh, we need just more power in the system to you know because psvr is the the like lowest power yeah, uh, yeah virtual reality that's on the market right now if they wanted to like keep up with that then that would be a reason to be like here's ps5 uh, it com- <coughs> comes packed in with vr or whatever but i mean back to nintendo um you know what incentive does do they have to you know do something first of all to step away from this like hybrid model that they have in the switch or even just to iterate on the switch itself like switch Two, you know what what is that they're they're never going to do a switch Two, right there's always this speculation yeah before every nintendo console comes out that it's basically going to be like from the nes to the super nintendo type of you know it's basically the same system super switch yeah yeah super (laughs) switch and if there were ever a system that it makes sense it would be the switch yeah but who knows who knows and may- maybe it'll be a three switch like the 3ds. <laughs> uh, there's a North American and European Splatfest coming up this weekend in Splatoon 2. The uh, argument battle, I guess it's not really an argument. The battle is mm-hmm. over. Uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Okay, now Mark, you and I, we are men of science. Yes, yes, we mm-hmm. believe in science. Mm-hmm. We understand evolution to some extent, right? Right. We know that was there first a chicken or an egg that a chicken hatched from? Neither. There was goo that crawled out of the ocean and eventually became The real answer is God said. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I'm abstaining from this blasphemous uh, Splatoon 2 Splatfest. No, there was a bird that was very much like a chicken that laid an egg. But that bird was not yet a chicken. Yes. This egg hatched. Uh-huh. And in, chicken. And then it was a chicken. So the egg came first. I'm fine with that. Okay. Also, is a chicken egg an egg that comes from a chicken or an egg from which a chicken hatches? It's both. But not in this case. <laughs> so you're saying that this Splatfest should really be... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is a chicken egg an egg that uh, hatches a chicken or... That was laid by a chicken. Well, I'm obviously Team Hatches Chicken. I'm also Team Hatches Chicken. Well, that's settled. Finally. Oh, sp- when is the Splatfest? <laughs> oh, sorry, of course. Uh, it's starting this Friday in North America. Check your local times. This Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Perfect. Uh, and then finally, if you felt a cloud lift above you, like a dark cloud that was, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like ominous, and you felt it go away. That's it, because mm-hmm. it wasn't just Memphis becoming more like Los Angeles. That's right. Uh, congratulations. The sup- the Super Mario Wiki Twitter account noticed an update to the Japanese Mario website, which restores Mario's status as a plumber. We did it. Guys, uh, back, so accomplished here. Back in September, a uh, change was made to remove his profession. But that nightmare is over. Mm. According to the Super Mario Wiki account, the added line on the Japanese website translates as, quote, his occupation is plumber. However, his activity is not confined to that area, (laughs) end quote. His activity is not confined to that area. And I think that's great. It's like, oh, you work as an office temp. You are not labeled as an office. You're not in that office temp box. You are not limited by that. You're whatever you want to be. Uh, and I think we've all always known this about Mario, right? Yeah. We've seen him do very little actual plumbing. No. He doesn't seem like he'd be very good at it. Uh, well, why? I don't know. He's, he's like, too energetic. He's too, like, busy. Yeah, you're right. You know, he would just be, like, trying to, like, do plumbing things as quickly as he could. He wouldn't give it, like, the time and energy he... Yeah, sure. I he... mean, sure, he has, like, some... Obviously, he had to be an apprentice, so, like, he has some stick to but not... Here's here's what I would guess about Mario as uh-huh. a plumber, uh, is that he has a lot of skills and he gets a lot of stuff done fast. But like he's not going to keep his appointments. He's he has a lot of excuses. He's going to uh, miss invoice you all the time. Yeah. like it's it's going to be 
and like you're gonna be forgiving because he's a nice guy and he's busy and you get it. Yeah. But it's still and, it's still and like when rubs he's you there, the wrong way. when he's there, like he is fixing your stuff. Yeah, and like it's and he's engaged. Great. Right, he's making eye contact. Right, yeah, and it smells nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he all, comes prepared. He's all, not Luigi. Right. <laughs> all around, it's a positive experience, except for when he's not there and you're like, I've been trying to chase this guy down. He said he needed to order a part. What is the anti-plumber? Like, what is Wario? Mm. Like, what is Waluigi? Is this is this like a Thursday topic? Should this we is, not this like is a Thursday this? topic. Uh, yes, you're right. You're right. Yes, this may even be for next week. We need to determine what the proper occupations for the other members of the Mushroom Kingdom, what they are. In the real world, I guess. Yeah, I feel good about that. All right, Mark, let's move out of the news. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. You can share the episode on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, however you share stuff on social media. Yeah, so tell somebody face-to-face. Yeah, that's find a human. The original social media. Which is what? Talking to somebody, interfacing. Handing someone a pamphlet. Andy, <laughs> handing somebody a pamphlet. So, you know, make up some pamphlets. I'm Andy Rooney. <laughs> Whatever happened to printing up pamphlets? That's my Andy Rooney voice. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. Collectively, we are at Nincart Society. Check out the Facebook page. It is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, come back on Thursday. We are ranking those Zelda dungeons. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our comic book reviews on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can find more of Ape Betty's music on his website or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, Carpenter? Is Carpenter the opposite of plumber? Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>